Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as comedian, host of The Moth, Melbourne, appearing in Whose Line Is It Anyway, Australia, new show, Things I've Never Said, touring in 2017. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Cal Wilson. Hello, I'm disappointed I had to take Cat Lady out of my bio. I know. This limit on the bio thing is killing some people. It's terrible. Something I want to tell you. <laughs> what, Twitter, if you're listening and we know you are, just lift the characters on the bio. It's, it's it's arbitrary though. Like it's not like your bio is something that people tweet or there's even an option no, to no, tweet it's it. It's just like I'm trying it to give you some information. It could be a million characters yeah. long. They're just not paying attention. <laughs> Cal, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, I say I'm Cal. Great. Yep. Well, congratulations, that's both factual <laughs> and accurate. Yep, yep. Yeah. And what sort of social situation? Like, am I meeting someone that, am I, give me a scenario where I'm meeting people, am I walking into okay. a room full of well, let, friends Let me friends put on my, my best uh, uh, Robertson hypothetical situation. You're walking along a path and, no, people that you don't know. Yeah, Let's yeah, start there. Yeah, I'm Cal. Yeah. People that you do know? Do you need to introduce no, yourself? No, probably a hug for people that I know. Yes. Yeah. In, uh, if, if I may be so bold, Cal is a very short part of what I would expect is a bigger name. Oh, so with Cal Wilson. Oh, you mean, but yeah, no, no. I never Your first use, name? I never, I never use my first name. But Cal is my name. Right. Yeah. Um, I am... Uh, look, from my perspective, someone who has followed your Australian career stuff mm-hmm. with great joy, because every time I see you perform, I think it's amazing and you bring such fun to every situation. Life cannot be that fun for Cal Wilson all the time, surely. <laughs> no, but this is, uh, when I'm on stage, that's my favourite place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I'm so fortunate that what I do for a job is what I really, really love. So, mm. And also, it's so great to be able to make people happy. Like, I, um, I love making people laugh, but if I can leave you walking out feeling really happy, then mm. that's a really great thing to have been able to do. What was life before comedy for Cal? It was really, um, I thought I was going to be an actor, and I went to university Excellent. because my parents wanted me to go to university, mm. which I'm very grateful for. Um, and... I was going to go into advertising if performing didn't work out because I'm, you know, I'm quite a good writer. Sure. Says arrogantly, <laughs> hardly arrogant, just said quite good. Um, <laughs> so I was going to, I was uh, going to go into advertising if performing didn't work out. But theatre sports came along when I was at high school, and I discovered I really loved improvisation. And then I was yes. really fortunate that where I was in Christchurch. Um, it was just like a, a group of people who were really talented and really motivated, and we started an improv company that's still running now, 26 years later. Great. Um, and so I've always made my living from comedy, which mm. is really rare. So my waitressing jobs were doing horrible corporate gigs, doing theatre sports. So yeah. you know, so um, and you know, I've worked in worked in bars and and uh, hospitality in the UK, but that was when I was backpacking. So I've, yeah. I've, I've always earned my living from performing, which is such a rare thing to be able to do. Yeah, lots of people talk about um, their backup job, their backup Mm. plan, Mm. and it sounds like your backup plan is do what you're doing now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I gave myself five years to make it or to make a living, and then I was going to go and work in advertising as a copywriter, and every five years I'd go, well, no, I'm still making money, so... Mm. Um, my parents stopped asking me when I was going to get a real job after about 10 years. Uh, only 10 years? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But, I, you know, I was so fortunate because we had this show, we had this unique relationship with the Court Theatre in Christchurch where they gave us free rehearsal space and they charged us minimal rent for the theatre wow. on a Friday night. So we learnt on the job. So we learnt our skills in front of an audience. Yes. And it was just, like, it's such a rare thing. Like, I can't imagine it happening now. Um, yeah, it was just the, the perfect time and place and with some people who were really talented, who were all going to do things in the arts, um, run their own festivals or mm. one of them um, is a voice director for video games oh, in Canada. You know, like everyone has gone on from there to do something creative. So I just, I'm so grateful that I had that start. Were you a creative uh, high school kid? Yeah, I was a, you know, I was a drama nerd. <laughs> like I was a geeky kid that I did... Um, the, our final year of high school in uh, New Zealand was called seventh form, mm-hmm. and I, in the seventh form, I did a sixth form subject because I wanted to do drama. Yes. So I took this university entrance mm. subjects because I just wanted to. Good idea. Perform here, yeah. I still made it, but you know, <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, I, I really thought I was going to be an actor, but I had no concept of how hard that life is, or you know, I just kind of thought I'd just rock up to a theatre and knock on the yeah. door and go, "I have a job for the rest of my life, please." Yeah. Certainly walk this way, madam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this broom covered with a mop? What? Well, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is where it begins. Yeah. The life in Christchurch, mm-hmm. where it all started for you, is something that is very precious because uh, for people that follow you on social media, see that. Uh, do you still have family there? Yes, all my family. You're, you're very connected to mm. this wonderful little place in New Zealand, or little air quotes, you know what I mean, um, that has gone through recently. The biggest traumas. Huge. Yeah. Is there something special about Christchurch people that just allows them to continue to deal with this and push on? I think any people faced by a crisis like that have two ways to react. They can fall apart or they can find their resilience and mm. work together and rebuild. And that's what's happened to Christchurch. And that's fine once, though, Cal. Oh, I know. It's, it's, and it's, the, when it happened, the, um, I felt this deep grief that my family was now on the other side of an experience that I could never have. So mm. they were all bonded together by this horrific series of events. And I, as much as I can empathise, I can never know what that's like. So um, I felt very far away from them. Uh, it was really... Good. We were there, my husband is Australian, and we'd gone over after, at the end of the year, um, after the big quakes, mm-hmm. and we were there for a five point something or a six point something, and it was really frightening, yeah. um, but it was really good for us to experience that, because it made us go, how freaked out we are by that one, two, two earthquakes that afternoon, how freaked out we are, how freaked out we are by that, yes. and all of our family have gone through that thousands of times. You know, like the, it's just so exhausting. They're starting to, they're starting to come out of it now. But there was a the Kaikoura earthquake um, this year just really threw everyone mm-hmm. again because it was like, oh, it's not over. It's potentially going to happen again and again. And then with the bushfires, there's a massive yeah. scrub fire in the Port Hill. So it's yeah, it's um, it's full on living there. Because and Christchurch has got this wonderful deep history within New Zealand, around um, particularly uh, white settlement building, big stone buildings, and all mm. those and these. They don't play well with no, earthquakes. No, and what was really interesting was there was a guy did a documentary, I think, in the late nineties, where he walked around Christchurch and he pointed out all the buildings that would fall down in an earthquake. And when the earthquake wow. happened, he was completely right. Wow. And now, you know, um, the, there's height limits on buildings. There's yeah. there's you know, and there was also terrible things like the guy that uh, designed the CTV building, which mm. 
and killed a lot of people. He wasn't actually an engineer. He had stolen someone's qualifications. Great. So, you know, but so now they're really conscious of earthquake codes. And, like, Wellington, everyone knows that Wellington is going to be hit by a big quake at some point. Mm. And all of their buildings are built to very stringent codes. But no one knew about the fault under Christchurch. So The difference for Wellington is it will just fall into the sea and <laughs> yeah. no one will really mind. Oh, no, that's not true. Wellington's a great <laughs> city as well. Actually, it does have... I, I was amazed the first time I went to Wellington only time. Um, the, the really vibrant arts scene. Oh, yeah. It's just amazing. And how incredibly inappropriately hard it is to get around that place. Yeah, it's like two cities. There's the, the kind of the political city and then there's the arts yeah. city. And I lived there for a couple of years and I loved it. But it is, it's a very, it's very compact too. Like, we never used to make plans on a Friday night. We'd just walk down Courtney Place and then we would see everybody. Yeah. Like, and then you've got the whole political side of people in suits. That's on the it's other side crazy. of Key. Yeah, so it's another great city. Beautiful museum. Yeah, it's a spectacularly, mm. visually wonderful place. Yeah. Um, uh, my vivid memories are of a very r- just drizzly, perpetually rainy yeah. uh, town that, because of the, the big feature of the, the, the bay, the water mm. that, that's sort of in the middle of it, there's kind of no bad place to take a shot of it. No. You no. kind of go, everyone's like, oh, wow, wa- the lights in the water and the place. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's just amazing. Cal, what challenges you? What challenges me? Um, to be bold, that's my biggest challenge, is to, to stand up for myself and, you know, if I get the wrong food to tell them that it's the wrong food, like mm. things like that, or, you know, I am... Um, yeah, if I get bad service or, if, you know, like I really yeah. struggle with um, confrontation, that's probably my biggest challenge. Did, is that something that has been um, reflective in your life, in that in a conflict scenario you're more likely fight than flight? Flight oh, than fight, sorry? Yeah, probably, and I'll, you know, and, and I'll let things slide that shouldn't be let mm. slide. But I've found, like, that's changing now. I'm, I'm just tired of myself, so now I'm starting to... <laughs> Speak up more. But does that come, do you think, that some of that, no, I just know I need to not only stand up for myself, but there are injustices in the world. Yes, they can totally. be small, and they totally. can be big. And like, especially now that Trump is in, like, we all need to stand up for each other and with each other because there's, you know, the, and the, the horrible stuff about, you know, trans people not being allowed in bathrooms mm. and things like that, I feel so strongly that we should all support each other and just because we're different. Mm. That shouldn't mean a thing, you know, and I want my son to grow up knowing that you are kind to other people and compassionate, and because someone else's story is different from yours, doesn't make it any less valuable. Yeah. You know, and it's just, there's just too much nastiness. Yeah. Yeah. It, everybody's story is precious. Yes, and uh, people are fascinating, just 100%. on 100%. Yeah. I depend on it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, and it's so interesting, you talk to someone and they'll throw something out that they mm. think is just a minor detail, and you're like, no, 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 hang on, what did you just tell me? Like, what was that? Yeah. That, that's that been probably the biggest revelation in just this podcast mm-hmm. series for me and speaking with people, um, asking, not not knowing any of their, their story, yep. asking what might be an innocent question and nine out of ten yeah. people answer it in a way that you think, oh, that's how I was expecting yep. the answer. And then that other one just goes, oh, well, I read the question like this, so bleh, what yeah, is yeah. happening here? Yeah. We used to love it when we uh, were on the radio and we'd put a question out and people would tell you the most incredible things from their lives. Mm. Like, had a guy ring up and admit to having um, committed an armed robbery <gasps> and, and talked about, you know, he just got out of prison and told us about it. And um, there's another woman who told us this heartbreaking story about uh, her fiancé turned around and said he didn't want to be married to anyone mm. after... 
um, they just moved into a house together. Wow. And she was devastated. She, her best friend helped her move out and get her settled and everything, and then turned around and went, oh, by the way, I'm the woman he's having the affair with. <gasps> so, like, just crazy. But hang crazy. on the line here, she needs to go back CD. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. intense. So, and, like, how amazing for a stranger to tell you that. Like, yeah. Yeah. This... I, I continue to be amazed by um, people's ability to cope with some things mm. as well as people's uh, innate ability to get themselves into trouble yes. sometimes. Yeah. Just making decisions. That, oh, that can't work yeah. out poorly. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a whole other thing. Cal, what's your experience of family? My experience of family is... Um, we are great talkers. Mm. That's and it's all about storytelling in yeah. my family and warmth. Um, my dad's side of the family are all raconteurs. You know, the, the, like at a at a family gathering, like we I used to make a joke that it was like tag team monologue. You know, yeah. just you just have to jump in when you can. But everyone's got a great story. And, and my mum's side of the family was really warm and like I, my my grandmother on my mum's side. I always remember that you would go to her house and she'd have a cupboard full of presents and you know she would find something that she bought just in case someone might yeah, like yeah. it and you would you know like so it's a very I, I guess it's very giving and taking care of each other and mm. my mum will feed anyone at the drop of a hat yes um, and I'm working out that I've turned into that as well like you know you offer food and, and someone will say no and then you just keep naming food until they give in and say yes to one of the mm. items like um, yeah that's <laughs> how we care we like we like to look after people yes mm. that Influence for you, and then the earlier conversation around the, the resilience mm. of the people of Christchurch, let alone your family. Yeah. Um, that sounds like it's had a really positive impact on you. Yeah, yeah. In, in a time when society is like, "Yeah, hey, mum and dad will break up. It's all right. You know, stuff is yeah. fine. People, people get on with lives." How valuable has has that family unit stuff oh, been huge, for you? Hugely, and I think um, you know. I, I don't want to say I'm the black sheep because that's not quite right. Um, You're white to start with. Yeah, totally. Um, it's always unwise mentioning sheep when you're a New Zealander around <laughs> Australians. Um, but my family have all done very usual jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, like they all do really worthwhile jobs, mm-hmm. but they're not sort of in the arts. And so I, I think they've all been really supportive even when they didn't get it. Yes. But they've gone, are you all right? Can you do this? Okay. And now they're really proud of it, you know, mm. really into it. And I had this lovely thing the other day where my niece, who's become a school teacher, um, she's not old enough to be a school teacher. Um, <laughs> she's become a school teacher, and so I Skyped her class and we talked, we did a, like a Q&A about Excellent. being a comedian stuff. Mm. And that was really lovely to go, oh, that's, that's a nice thing I can do for her. Mm. And it's kind of also... Um, yeah, it was just nice, like an acceptance that I do a, I do an interesting job that kids want to hear about kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Mm. And that they know who you are and that we have the technology to be able to connect all of this Man, together. Because the great. other old school way was, so Cal, next time you're in town, yes, yeah. can we maybe yeah. make this happen? No, that's all right. We'll just put yeah, you up on, on the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing now. Yeah, and that, I value that so much for connection and the fact that my son is growing up knowing his New Zealand family, even mm. though we only see them a couple of times a year, that he knows his grandparents and he knows his cousins and there's no thawing out period when we go yeah. over because he's talked Straight to in. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's delightful. Yes. Yeah, oh, man, I don't think I would have survived without it, realistically. Mm. 
No, and, and, and I can understand. I hear that from mm. your, like the, the love that you have for your family. Yeah, yeah. To be distant from people that you love is a tough thing. Yeah. Mind you, it's also super helpful sometimes having a, a family like that because mm. it means as you're starting out in the arts, look, I've sold 10 tickets and that's just my family turning up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would, do you think is the most exciting or dangerous thing that you've ever done? Oh, man. There's been a few, I guess, but like, I guess moving to Australia for a start, like mm-hmm. coming coming uh, over and starting again and not knowing whether that was going to work out and it's gone okay. Um, okay, please, <laughs> please. But I was coming over, um, I, I got the chance to audition for Skit House, which is a sketch yes. comedy show. Love Skit House, of course. Just, it was a great mm. thing to be part of. And I was, I was like, well, I'm coming over whether I get the job or not. So I kind of jumped on a plane not knowing whether I had 10 minutes at Janet McLeod's comedy room yeah. or whether I had a full-time job. Mm. And I got the full-time job. Um, so many great characters in that series. Yeah, yeah. And, and friends with everybody that's, you know, like that's, that was lifelong friends. Yeah, as, as a landing yeah, for yeah, you to yeah. come into a new place, don't know anyone. Yeah. I'm going to work with a whole bunch of really talented comedic performers yeah. and comedians. Um, <sighs> yeah, and it was nice because I'd come over and done the comedy festival a couple of times, so I mm. knew them, not well, but I knew most of them. So it was like coming to school halfway through term, but having met the kids yeah. already. So it was a really, yeah, it was a, such a great base to start from, but that was that was kind of a leap of faith. Still a big yeah. risk, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's the most. Oh, and there's so many exciting things. Like you know, we got to go to East Timor in 2000 to entertain the peacekeepers, and yeah. that was a real, it was a real eye opener for me. I'd never had any time for the military, or you know, like oh, don't kill people overseas, like kind of thing. And then yes. went and met these people who were doing this incredibly valuable job, and were living in life or death situations you know like we had mm. people leave our audience because they had to go on track militia and things and it was just Gosh. a huge eye opener and, and I um, I, th- I think we were there for 10 days and it was such an honour to do and there were so many incredible experiences during that trip that was a real life changing yeah. moment for me as well I came home I broke up with my boyfriend I was like you know we're not going anywhere wow. we're not going anywhere we should move on mm. um, and yeah, it just gave me a whole new respect for the jobs that people do mm. and the conditions that people live in and, you know, it was, yeah, it was a huge time. Plus the hecklers carry loaded weapons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to do jokes about that because our first gig was on pallets of um, uh, boxes of live ammo. Yeah, and great. And we had an, uh, an um, personnel carrier was our spotlight. The light on the end of the yep. gun was our spotlight. And everyone's, everyone's armed. And my first joke was, oh, you've all turned up in the same outfit. No. <laughs> Kind of, you know, like, yes. you know, um, but they were so great, and mm. they were so. And it was. It's really different doing gigs for people that really, really need a laugh. Mm. You know, like people that live in extreme situations. Mm, yeah, or, yeah. You know, like it's always really great when you do gigs for nurses, or you know, like it's people who deal in extremity yes. all the time. And it's really, it's a really lovely thing to go. Like I chat for a living. Like I'm an inside cat, but I get to yeah. make a little difference to them, and that feels really special and a real honour for them to go, oh, you guys were great, we really needed that. Like, it's, yeah, amazing. What what would your preference be? Radio, television, live performance? All of it. All of the things? Yeah, yeah all of the things. Because they're all different. Like, mm. um, I love... Greedy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love... Live performance is all about instant gratification. Mm. And 
there's nothing there's nothing like that feeling of being in a room and something happens that will never happen again mm. and we were all the, all there for that moment and when you try and tell someone about it it's like well, I guess you have to be there you yeah. know but it's like you know when you're at a party and you're all riffing and it's the yeah. funniest corner of the room it's like that but magnified a thousand times mm. I love the way television is made I love the way that there are like hundreds of people who do their jobs and then it slowly filters down and it just looks like it's you or ten people on screen and yes. they look like they've made the show but there's all of these other departments and these incredibly skillful people doing their jobs so I really yeah. enjoy that and I love that on radio um, you can put the call out and people will tell you about their lives mm. and um, yeah I, I love it all What does your son think you do? He used to tell people, well, Mummy does shows. Great. Which sounded a little more dubious than... <laughs> <laughs> so he, now he knows he knows I'm a comedian, mm-hmm. and he also knows that funny is a currency, and so he Great. started to, like, try and make jokes to, to distract me or deflect me or, mm. you know, get out of trouble. Um, and he just assumes that people's parents yeah. do comedy. Yeah. Is it if he sees me on TV or he hears me on the radio or whatever? It's just, it's just what Mum does. Super normal. Yeah. That's when do we get to hear your dad? Yeah. The the um the one thing that I've noticed is that now that other kids at his school have started to be aware of me, mm. that now he's mm. more impressed by it because it's other people think my mum's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not just you know she's my mum and yeah. I'm I'm over that. Yeah. So that's like basically he started to notice that, mm. and also he's very privileged because like if we get invited to stuff. I take him as my date now because my husband nice. is quite happy not to go to the circus or whatever. Yeah, I don't need to dress up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I take my son, and so now I have to be really careful that he knows that that is not something that we take for granted and it doesn't happen to every kid. That... But super awesome. Oh, like, so as awesome. A, as a, as a, a young person, yeah. like that opportunity to have your mind blown yeah. by we're not just going to see thing happen, like some performance or yeah. zoo or something, circus, but that we get nice things yeah. when we get to go to the place and we get good seats and yep. we get and, we and it all just and, yeah. we stand in front of a thing and they take a photo and we yep. go on the next thing and it's all like yeah <laughs> I'm sure that there will be some moment for him of, of, of sort of dissonance where we're going to a movie uh, and just we're going to a movie and he goes to walk in and where's the photo wall yeah. yeah. when do we stop for the like, photo we still, we still do go to normal movies and mm. I'm like this is not a this is not a premium <laughs> like this is a, this is a... <laughs> Mummy's buying the popcorn. Yeah, know? yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you'd get a small one and like it. Yeah. And, you know, like, we went to this great show called Circus 1903. Mm-hmm. So it's a circus and the premise is that it's 1903. Yes. It's all there in the title. Um, but the ringmaster asked the kids to go up on stage, and so he put his hand up and he went up on stage and helped with the magic trick. Right. And that was really adorable mm-hmm. and lovely. And I was like, well, I think you've been on stage at the Regent before your mother has, mm-hmm. so all right. Um, but it was really great for him to do that, and also I think it gave him a taste of what it feels like to stand in front of a whole lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a young kid kind of way, mm. has your son made overtures of, I want to be like you, Mummy, want to grow up, or I want to draw things, or...? No, he wants to play for Hawthorne and be a basketballer. That, so, my friend, is an Australian child. Yes, yeah. His dad is a good basketballer. Great. And so they've been playing lots of basketball, so digs into that. He loves the Hawks. Um... But he does do stuff like he'll present the ads on television. Like when mm-hmm. there's an ad break, he will he will present them and like <laughs> dance and sort of sing. And so I said to him, "Do you want to have drama lessons?" Oh, no. Nah. Do, you, do you want to have singing lessons? Oh, why would you sing in front of strangers? Oh, like mm. he's, yeah. So do you I want re- to join footy? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something there that I think possibly later on he may decide he wants to do something mm. creative. But whatever he wants to do is fine. It's well, it sounds like he's in a great spot, mm. like family contextually wise, some young people 
you know, have this desire to perform and have no family outlet, support or outlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people grow up where mum and dad are the shining lights and, and do all of the things and just I just want to shun that. I'm happy to yeah. be an architect or I want to be yeah. an accountant that just goes and does a thing that I love because these things interest me. Yeah. And mum and dad can go and be funny and that's great, but no yeah. thanks. Um, particularly... Uh, I look at... At young people, and, and these days they're presented with so many opportunities, almost overflowing yeah. amounts, um, and then have parents that are just wildly flail between helicopter, we have to do everything yeah, yeah. and make sure you're okay, to here's the key, we'll be home at seven. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Um, so having a, a child in a situation like that where they're loved and they're nourished and encouraged... I don't want to say it's a rarity, but it's certainly not the norm for a lot of young people. So that's a huge thing. And it's such a changing world too. Like he will probably grow up to do a job that doesn't exist yet. Yep. You know, like like now people are getting jobs that five years ago weren't a thing Mm. or that you can now, the thing that does concern me is that, you know, uh, people, kids are having ambitions that they want their job to be a YouTuber. Yep. Because you yes. can make 10 million bucks as a mm, YouTuber. You know, you yes, can sit you there can. and play Minecraft and have millions of seven-year-olds watch you play Minecraft and make loads of cash on that. And I can't get my head around that. But he sees Not that as a viable career opportunity. Mm. And it is continuing only to transform yeah, as, as yeah. YouTube grows itself and generates into its own content uh, management process, like now that you can sign up to YouTube and they collate and, and, and here's the best of this and this yeah, is a thing yeah. and such. And now, yeah, beyond just the ads where you can make mm. your million bucks, now it's not a YouTube are going to pay you to create content. Yeah. And, you know, TV's <sighs> changing because people aren't watching free-to-air as much because mm. they've got, you know, Netflix so many and options. HBO. Like, yeah, there's so many options and so many... Yeah, it's just... And kind of creativity's been democratised. Like, anyone can make a movie and put it on YouTube and, mm. you know, everyone, everyone's got access... Anyone can rip a movie and put it on YouTube yeah, yeah. for 10 seconds. Yeah, like, t- but, but, you know... It's just more accessible. Technology is yeah. everything more accessible. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. and legislation struggles to keep yes, up. Yes, absolutely. And, and the, the way that technology continues to evolve is by people stretching it and pressing it and pulling it and saying, well, yeah. what if we made it do these things? Um, I was... Look, it's probably indicative of me and my experience of family, myself, but my nearly 12-year-old son came in and said, Dad, do you reckon we could do a podcast? What would, be, what would it be about? Mine. Gaming. We could talk about games and those sorts of things. Well, we could. Let's let's think about this. I tell you what. Let's because he's just started high school. Um, Let's you you do some thoughts and some planning. Write some stuff down, and we'll get through term one. We'll talk at Easter. We might record an app to see how it goes, and then we'll you know see see if this is going to be a thing that we can do. He delivered on his iPad this morning. Uh He dad, these are the plans that I've written out for, the, and it's like nearly an A4 sheet of, oh, we can talk about this and this, and then every month I'll talk about the Xbox Gold games that you can get for free if you're a member, and it's when, oh, man, I'm in a world of pain. Yeah. Like, I'm excited about it. I yeah. think this and, is going like, to be... Hearing that, that's a great idea, like a dad and a son playing games yeah. together. What a great Super concept. nerdy. Oh, 100% but, nerdy. But all of the other dad and sons that 
nerd out on games, well, mm. that's a great idea. And instantly makes our games a tax deduction, which is not a bad totally. thing. Totally. My wife is going to hate this. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. What does relaxation time look like for you? Um, probably reading mm. and watching movies or something or not, just being at home with the family or I really love going out for breakfast. That's what I like to do. Yeah, you know, endorsed. Tend to go out for dinner as much because our son mm. is younger, but like we all go out for breakfast together, and I really enjoy that on the weekends. Um, but yeah, hanging out at home with him and playing with the cats, like just being at home is your cats are their own stars, just yeah. as by the way, yeah. stunning little creatures, yeah. hilarious. Um, I won't show you, but I have massive claw marks across my <laughs> chest at the moment from pirate launching himself off me, trying to put his claws, and he just bounced off me. I was like, oh, now I look like I've yep. had an encounter with a werewolf. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I particularly liked the, <laughs> you ordered some scratching oh thing. That was the best. Oh, man. So it's like a figure of eight mm. cardboard, kind of compressed cardboard thing. Uh, and the picture had a, a cat on it that looked like you could fit maybe three or four cats on mm. it. But it's like a it's like a base for them to stand on. It's so <laughs> tiny. It is so small. And they hate it. Like they have never they've never set foot on it. It's just now I've just got this weird infinity symbol in the corner mm. that we, no one ever uses. We bought a um, a few cats ago. Bought a, uh, a scratching post kind of house thing. Just cats thoroughly disinterested. They didn't yeah. want to know about it. We'll go back to the couch because that's way more fun to claw out. Um, when we got the two kittens that are a little bit bigger now, uh, but as they arrived, we did the same yes. thing. They can't, they love it. It's And it's elevated, so one of them climbs up the top, sits there, and just yeah. watches everything happen. There's a little house that the other just goes, well, this is the only place I can get that the other two can't <laughs> find me, so this is where I'm hanging out. Yeah. It's just amazing to uh, see that. Speaking of which, the Cat Cuddle Cafe... Brisbane. Is it good? It's amazing. It's so amazing. Like I, um, we went the other day mm. and what's so great about it is it's rescue cats. Mm. So they adopt the cats out as well. They're not just staff members. So you, right, can, yeah, yeah. you can adopt the cats. And so well, the open. cats aren't just staff members. No, no, they're not. They're not just there, you know. Cuddles, so you're on roster tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come in drunk again. Yeah. They've, they've got their 15 minute smoke breaks. So they've got <laughs> <laughs> their little hoods and, oh man. Um, but they, but they, so it's run by this fantastic woman and all her staff, mm. and they've been open for 19 months, and they've adopted out 371 <gasps> cats, wow. which is pretty amazing. That's so good. Yeah, and all the cats were really relaxed and friendly, and yeah, yeah it was such a nice environment. The coffee was really nice, the cakes were great. Like they're really, yeah. really into it, and it was just, yeah, it was such a. Um, I was like, I'm just such a cat lady that I've come to a cafe for cats that aren't mine. You know, you know, I've got this at home, but. Mm. Well, I, I don't think it's... I, I wouldn't use cat lady in a derogatory <laughs> sense. I, I think that... Because I've heard about it all. I haven't been. Yeah. And, and I, I, everyone that goes just is entranced by... It's so great. ...this place where we can do things and then there are just cats. Yeah, and they're so lovely. And they've all got, they've got places to hide and they've got... Um, one of the volunteers made them this whole sort of climbing thing so they climb up little stairs on one side then they can go across the roof and come down the other side of the wall. And right. They're, yeah, they're all so well adjusted, and there was like a mum and her kittens there the other day, and they were all just hanging out on top of a bookcase. Mm. But you just look up, there's just a tail hanging down, and little legs or a nose or something. And yeah, it was just really delightful. And the woman who runs it was just fabulous, and she's you know telling me about all the stuff that they do. And 
everything. It was just great. When, in 2017, we have to have immersive experiences. So this yeah, is the ultimate really cat point. lady. Yeah. This is your opportunity to go, this is what it will be like when I'm 72. Yep. And I have everyone has cats. left me. Yes. <laughs> and you'll find me as they're licking my corpse. Yes. Yeah. But it's 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 a, a positive thing. That, that number of cats that they've rehomed is huge, amazing. Huge amount. Oh my goodness, Cal Wilson. I, I hesitate to ask this because you've started in a few yourself. But what reality TV show would you love to star in? Oh, um, what would I like to do? I don't know that there is one. I'd like to host one. Mm-hmm. I'd love to host one. Um, but I could never do I'm a celebrity and I would go mm. mad. Um, As we've seen just this season. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just going to blow my nose. That's right. You can edit this out. No, I think <laughs> it adds, want... adds to colour. <laughs> you have got a bad... Dude. I hope that I don't pass it on to you. Sorry. Um, Worst things have happened, I'll just infect yeah. central Queensland. Um, so I could never do I'm a Celebrity. Like, we've started watching it this season, we've got back into it. I think mm. there's Nazim's on it, and I really yeah, want to yeah. see him do well. Um, and he looks like he's having a great time. Yeah, except for the vomiting. Yeah, uh, or the food challenges yeah. so, which I think are there to make them throw but up. it's great to have a gimmick. Like, now mm. he's got a thing, you know, like, and you want to see him do it. Um... But I want to know how he's going to work the gag reflex into the name of his next show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but every time we watch it, I go, oh, I couldn't do that. No, I couldn't mm. do that. You know, having tarantulas dropped on the face. No. Or, no, not interested. No, Swimming with snakes, no. no. No, all of those things. Sleeping around other people, no. <laughs> like, I, yes. I talk in my sleep, and I very, I'm a very noisy sleeper, and I would be so self-conscious around, like, yep. ten other people being like, just shut up. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, and I'm fascinated by. It. I think Julia and Chris do a fabulous yeah. job of hosting. They're such a great double act together. Yeah, and who would have thought at the, like initially, apart from their Logies moment, which I yeah. think solidified. Yeah, these are the guys we need to make this happen with. Yeah. Who would? Have, Julia's an amazing performer. Chris is a really nice guy. Yeah. Both of them have blossomed together uh, in kind of new ways that I don't think people saw them in. Yeah, like, yeah. Chris's comic timing has improved over just the three seasons, no end. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a funny guy. Like, mm. I did Good News Week with him, and he had some great stories. But, yeah, the two of them are just such a great combo. It's oh. really and – and he's what's so great about him is that he doesn't mind being a straight man. Yep, so, he's happy and, to play to that for and sure. That's, and that's a really generous thing to do as a performer is to let the other person mm. get the gag off you. And he's still funny in his own right and has his own gags, mm. but it's a real – The such act a, always funny yeah. too. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Horrible. So, if, if what what would the reality show that Cal wants to host look oh, like? Oh, what it be? Um, I'll probably have cats in it. Mm. Probably be some cat reality show. I don't, I don't know what it'd be like. How I'm, do we do that? Because, but cats don't want to perform. Cats no. will exist. They'll coexist with yeah. you. Yeah. Oh no, so I don't have an idea for it yet. But I just love. Um, there's a cat convention coming up in Melbourne, which I really want to go to because. Cat people that are crazy are really crazy. If you're not filming a documentary about well, that, Cat Wilson, goodness it. gracious. I think about it. Because you're right, cat people, serious, hardcore cat people, yeah. love their yeah. cat. And to, to hell with the rest of you, I'm yeah. going to spend inordinate amounts of cash on dressing my cat, looking, making yeah. my cat but be something. But you can something. say the same about people that are into model trains or, you know, or gamers. Even. Like, everyone's got their thing that they're passionate about. But mm. cat people, I think it's just the added smell of cat urine that makes it seem so... Um, There's just more of them. 
Yeah, well, they're more visible, I guess, because if you, if you have a model train layout yeah. that's hidden away in your house and people don't necessarily know that you're doing it's it. It's uncommon for that to become public. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, but cat people... I don't know, yeah, but you do go there. There's a certain, there's always a certain sort of owner that owns mm. Persians, and there's a certain sort of owner that owns yeah. other cats. Like I'm, I'm so fascinated by it, and I don't know what it is. I just really love cats. Like I just find them such interesting creatures. Oh, intensely, they are incredible beasts. Yeah. That, and, and it's an old thing, and I don't even know who said it, but it's absolutely true that that. Um, uh, dogs uh, have a family and cats have servants. Yeah, yeah. But then what I think about cats is, like, if they give you affection, you know that they mean it, whereas with yeah. dogs, I feel that... It's disingenuous. Well, it's kind of like, oh, you, oh, you kicked me, but it was attention! You know, like, kind of, like... And I, I do like dogs, but kind of from a distance. Like, yeah. I, I guess I had bad early dog experiences, and so... But I've just always loved cats. Yeah. And I think dogs are beautiful, but I'm also like, oh, don't touch me with your wet hand tongue. Like, I find that unnerving. I, I think it would be a delightful romp through the Melbourne Cat Festival <laughs> with you talking to some of these incredible people. It disturbed me the other day. Um, very... Look, I, I'm... <sighs> I think that Sam Mack in his new generation as the Sunrise Weather Girl uh-huh. is a, an incredible thing because he is absolutely loving it and hasn't worn him down yet. Like, he's still really vibed yep. about what he's doing and he's still just pumping out other crazy content at the best of times. Um, he bought one of those cat backpacks <laughs> and there was a picture of him with one of his rescue cats in the cat backpack going for a walk and he was like, yeah, big thumbs up, this is amazing. And the face on his cat in that little bubble <laughs> looked like... <laughs> this picture demeans us both. It was just perfect. But, yeah, I can't imagine putting my cats in a backpack. No. And there was another picture in the... Just, uh, the only reason I, I connected it was because there was a dude on a motorcycle with a cat backpack on. And I went, that cat doesn't want to be anywhere near either of those things. There was an amazing guy in New Zealand who had this cat... Uh, and he would take it on his motorbike, but it would sit on the front of the motorbike and it had its own little helmet. Uh, and they were really famous what? around New Zealand. Like his, uh, this old biker dude with this gorgeous little cat who I think might be called Rastus, which I'm not sure is the name you can use anymore. Please. Um, and they were really well known. They were in a, the Bell Tiad and like, mm-hmm. everyone loved them. And then they were taken out by a drunk driver. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, it was a very sad ending. But they were, yeah, it was just like this cat just really enjoyed being on the bike. Because I've seen lots of dogs on bikes. Yeah. And I've seen them with goggles and stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, understandably, you want to protect their their precious eyes. But a cat in a helmet is a delightful idea. And it was like a real old school. I've probably got it on my iPad, actually. Oh. I've got it somewhere. It's in my favourites. Somewhere. (laughs) Of course it's in your favourites. Because I was was trying to explain it to someone, and I had to explain it. No, 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 I'm 100% behind this. Um... We have to talk about other things while I look for it. That's right. It's also a highly um, underused feature for mine of the Photos app in uh, your Apple land. The ability to just go tap, it's got a little heart on it. Now, instead of me scrolling through 100 million photos, I can just show you the best ones. There you go. That is the best. It's a green old school army bike thing with a black cat with a red bandana around its neck. And a little kind of like World War Two helmet almost. Yeah, like very, a, and very serious leaning forward like on the light. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm into enjoying this. this, yes. Um, and also, uh, I don't know who this guy is, but I also, this is one of my favourite photographs of uh, a man with a cat in his beard. 
That's amazing. Isn't that good? That's the biggest beard I've ever seen. So I, I think it's French. I think it came from a postcard or something. So it's a very elderly man who, I'm going to say, sailory or... Yeah. He's got something, he's got like a... I'd almost say a Russian hat thing going yeah. on. And then he's got this huge beard which covers him like ivy, like just enormous. And then there's mm. a little black cat. Like an apron almost. And yeah. then there's this cat head. It's poking out of the sea. And then, this is obviously a few years later, it's a bit sadder. They're both a bit older. Oh. So more, that's a sadder photo. But the beard is still going very strong. The beard is still strong. going. He's looking a lot tighter. Yeah, he's going, I'm carrying this cat around and my beard has yeah. aged me. In yeah. fact, I almost say that's a morning to afternoon shot. Yeah. Yeah, or a night before I've had some yeah, sleep right. now and I'm feeling better. But that is, right. that is a truly magnificent photo. It is spectacular. Carolson, what makes you smile? Uh, pictures of men with cats men in with their beards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, lots of things. Like, um, oh, lots of things. Just like little kids, mm-hmm. little kids smiling in prams or doing mm-hmm. something cute or um, uh, people being lovely to each other. Mm-hmm. Just, but then things that make me smile also make me cry. So you know, like moments of um, moments of kindness and happiness yes. make me feel very emotional. Has that always been the case, or has that amped up uh, since the, the maternal instinct has well, locked I think in? It amped heart. up a few years ago. I think he definitely makes me. Uh, I get more emotional about bad things happening to kids. Mm, I get sure. far more emotional about that now that I've got one. But I just find people being lovely to each other. I just find really mm. emotional and I'm like I'll cry at everything and my husband is now used to it and doesn't react to it yeah but you know like we watched a watched a wolf documentary once together made him cry too though yeah uh, but but at the end of it they, you know it's this huge long thing this, this couple live with this pack of wolves and then they have to say goodbye to them um, they, the wolves are relocated to a reservation mm. and they come back they can't bear they can't bear to see them because they miss them so much. Mm. And so they come back a couple of years later and they don't know if the wolves will mm. remember them. And then when they walk onto the land, the wolves all start howling and they recognise them. And I was like, oh. Like just, you know, things like that. Things like love, like when, it, when an animal shows kind of love or... Mm. Um, I don't, I'm just a sock, like I'm a yeah. total... You know, or if I watch a rescue video on... You, on Facebook, you know, like, so this, this dog lived in a dumpster for eight mm, years and, yep. you know, and then they shave its fur off and fix its sore foot and then it's a really happy dog and you see it running around with a ball and I'm like, no! Yeah. Like, yeah. Here's the vet that sat in the cage yeah, with the rescue yeah, puppy yeah. that decided to eat with it so that it understood that yes, this is a yes, helpful totally. thing. That is exactly, that oh. exactly sort of, yeah. Or like, you know, a three-legged cat having a nice life or something, you mm. know, like... Yeah. yeah, here's a dog with a trolley for legs yeah. that is just living large. Oh, it's running on the beach. It's got its eight other friends who are also trolley dogs. You yeah. know, like there's, yeah, all of that. Sort of... It's a little gang of trolley yeah. dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that one the other day. It was great. It's great. Um, I'm, I'm the worst in that I consume way too much television. Uh-huh. Um, there's a, a new series on 10 called This Is Us. Oh, I've seen the ads for that. That, look, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a great drama, but it's reasonably acceptable. Yeah. You can watch it and go, that's fine. Whoever is writing that, there are they're just going to write, and then at the thirty-five minute mark, we're going to make them tear up, and at the thirty-seven minute mark, we'll do it again. We'll echo it at forty-two minutes every time. Like I can't get through an episode without going. Wow! I just need to stop. It's like I'm experiencing some kind of hormonal change. (laughs) It just wrecks me. Yeah. Um, And 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 makes no sense because it's like natural. Like yeah, this is the stuff, and I know we overblow it because it's drama and television. We want people to feel things. I'm comfortable in who I am. I have normal feelings. I don't need this kind of weird dopamine rush to. But every time. Yeah, I haven't started watching that. 
but it's real life stuff is the thing that mm. tends to get me more that makes me more emotional although you know I, I definitely cry at movies and things I haven't seen mm. mine yet because I'm worried about how it'll go I've heard many people I've read the book the book is amazing bring the Kleenex yes but I feel like I will bankrupt my tear ducts if I go to see it because people who don't usually cry at stuff have been going like you know it's I did tear up at Moana though like not oh, all yeah, but yeah, yeah. just a little the well yeah. I'm not crying watch the movie yeah <laughs> Um, we were still inside out. Oh, uh, oh, and hell. my son, my son is less of a crier. Like he's not. Mm. He's very forthright. And he was sitting on my knee at one point. I cried in his hair, and he turned around and went, "I told you there'd be a sad bit." <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the bit, the, just a bing bong or that wasn't mm. the bit that got me. It was there was another bit. There was another bit that really got me, and I think it was maybe. Something about the mums, all the mums' drivers were sadness. Mm. And I just thought that was such a sad thing that, like, mm. her, now she's driven by sadness. Mm. Her. Yeah, and, but I thought it was a fantastic movie. But, yeah, I, um, yeah, and kids' movies, like Toy Story 3. Mm. Oh. So not the bit where they give the toys away. No. It didn't do anything for me. It's when they're all holding hands in the furnace and they give yep. up. Yep. And they we're just in this together where you're going yeah, and, and they it's look happening. at each other and they hold hands and I was on a plane and planes make you worse oh the worst just howling and there was a nine year old in front of me watching the same movie completely unmoved and yep. I was just a disaster I reckon that Pixar have gone a long way to hardening the hearts of our young people <laughs> because you look at Up you look at Inside yep. Out you look at Toy Story yep. all these incredible moments of emotion and depth yep. that kids oh, mum's crying again yeah, well, we're not allowed to watch Up because because both... The woman died. Yeah, but well, they, they couldn't have kids, mm. you know. And so my husband and I cried at that. Oh, killed cried me. Cried and cried. Yeah. And, and that was before, like in that yeah, little yeah, opening yeah, in the montage. eight-minute thing. Yeah. And so Diggy's like, we don't watch that movie because you guys cry. Mm. And I don't like it. And it's not the same movie if you start it after that no. up. Like, it's a weird story yeah. of a cranky old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just goes yeah. up. But that, there's so much empathy drawn into that character yeah, yeah. because of that opener. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Yeah. And it's such a great film, and he mm. will not watch it. And also the other thing that upsets him is the bird get, is the, the big weird birds mm. at the end gets attacked, and he doesn't like that. Yes. So he's he's gone, those two moments make this film not worth watching. Yeah, maybe when I'm older, Mum, yeah. but not right now. Yeah. Cal. <laughs> um, what are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, I've written a kid's book. And that is awesome yes, news. Yes, so I will be writing another kids' book. Great. Um, and so that's going to come out in the next 12 months. So I'm really excited about that. Do we get any kind of sneaky peek? No. Who, what, why? Uh, it's, it's based on stories I used to tell my son at bedtime. So, Excellent. So I have a, I have a big bag of stories mm. about the characters. So, And it's really nice because I know the characters really well. Yeah. And... Yeah, so that's really exciting. So it's just at the point now where it's getting illustrated. And Were these created, these stories, just for your son that yeah. you then yeah, yeah. reappropriated for income? Well, it wasn't like that. I got approached by a publisher to say, do you want to write some... Do you want to... We've got this idea for a story. Do you want to write that? And I went... I, can, I have a better I've idea. I've got a story. And they were like, oh, yeah, you could do that. That's amazing. So, yeah. So that's very exciting. Does your son know about this? Yes, and I've read him each chapter and as he's I've written it. All in. He says it's okay. <laughs> uh, it's acceptable, Mum, yeah. but you probably yeah. should work on that. Yeah, but what was really great was like because he's he's very uh, stinting in his. Well, he's just very forthright. Mm. So he's like, yeah, it's okay. But then as I was reading it to him, like he was uh, calling out, going, "Oh my god, I, don't, I hate him! Oh no, don't do that! Oh, don't!" You know, like so he's super really invested, super invested in it. But then it's like, don't don't get too many tickets on yourself. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's it was, about you. 
Yeah, and he was giving me giving me um, tips on like I'd written one and it, it ends with it ends with like a one word sentence. Mm. It's like just the, this kind of underlined thing and one sentence. He's like, no, I think that needs more exclamation marks. Like, <laughs> you can, and maybe you should repeat that word over and over. Like, These are good suggestions. I'm not going to do them. Yeah, but not really on a word good. limit, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I'm really and I'm really excited about that. That uh, yeah. he will have something that was his. Oh, and, and yeah. what an amazing not only opportunity to feed into other young people's lives to yeah. have these stories capture their imagination, but yeah, that special connection with your son yeah. that hopefully down the track there might be the opportunity that. He he then gets to share it with his yeah, youngest. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Very Christopher Robin. Oh, Very, but, yeah. a, a, but an amazing <laughs> legacy of things that if we look back through time, family told yeah, stories, yeah, told yeah. stories, told stories, yeah. and that they were their stories. Yes. Yeah. And that this is exactly that opportunity, yeah, just with yeah. great pictures and, you know, it'll put you through school. Well, hopefully. I mean, there's not a lot of money in books, no. but... Um, yeah, and that's definitely not the motivator as much, you know. They tell um, Denton and Griffiths. <laughs> oh, man, Andy Griffiths is amazing. Like, mm. we've been reading his treehouse yeah, stories. Yeah, oh, it's and consumption and I love it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't into the day my bum went psycho. Just too much, mm. too much bums. Yeah. Too many. A few bums is good. Too many bums. Too many bums. Um, yeah, but really loving your treehouse mm. stories. And oh, there's a really great author, uh, illustrator. He's a guy called Chris Riddell, mm. who is... Um, known for his illustrations, he's, I think he's a cartoonist as well. He's written this beautiful series about this little girl called Otterling who mm-hmm. lives in a huge building. Her parents are explorers and they're always away, but she lives with a, um, a little hairy man who's like a kind of almost um, cousin it kind of yeah. looking guy who looks after her and she has staff and she's incredibly resourceful mm. and she. Uh, goes and sort of fixes things that need fixing or has adventures. But the illustrations are so beautiful and it's such a she's such a great character and my son really loves her. Mm. And I love that he really loves a girl hero. Yes. You know, that he can see that you can have books about girls yeah. as well and be engaged and involved in that as well. But I can't recommend those books high enough. They're gorgeous. Awesome. Yeah. Hey Cal Stop talking. That's no, what you're saying. no, it's, I, it could be for hours, and that's not beneficial to, to you, your valuable time. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you said are very special and you're highly valued, my oh, friend. Thank you. thank you. Thanks, Steve. Pleasure. A joy. I'm sorry, well, I'm sorry it's taken this long, but you're amazing. <laughs> if people wanted to be following you in appropriate ways on the internet, uh-huh. how can they be doing uh, that? I'm on Twitter at Calbo, C-A-L-B-O. I'm on Instagram at Calbo Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook at Cal Wilson. Uh, and those are the only, I don't understand Snapchat, so I'm not on that. Mm. But they are the ways to find me. I'm on that for a job and I don't understand that. <laughs> don't tell my bosses. <laughs> This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Cal 